This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're going to start things out here uh, tonight with a special guest. She has joined us before on the program, uh, most recently from the Porcupine Freedom Festival here in New Hampshire. Uh, she's not in New Hampshire at this time, uh, but her name is Allison Gibbs, and she is the head, one of the uh, the people behind, I don't know if you're the, the head of the organization, uh, but you are definitely involved in the brand new Ladies of Liberty Alliance. What uh, What's your role with the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, Allison? Um, I would be the executive director. Okay, so that pretty much is the sounds like the head of the organization. Sounds like you're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're here to talk not just about the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, but about one of the things that you guys are really just blowing off the doors with to launch the organization, which is the the first ever Lola Calendar. Lola, of course, short for Ladies of Liberty Alliance, and your website IamLola.org. Uh, where should we start? Let's start by talking about why this has uh, taken so long. I mean, what, what, how could the liberty movement have existed for so many decades and just now uh, a ladies' organization springs up? I mean, it's, it's about time, so thank you for, uh, for doing this, uh, you and your, your cohorts there, Allison. But what, uh, what was the inspiration? Why now? We just felt that, I mean, for instance, uh, the liberty movement itself has been growing and growing over the past two or three years, and I think it needed to find its own niche. Um, well, I mean, it's been there for longer than three years, but since the whole Ron Paul phenomena um, sprung up, it, it seems that it just needed to get its own foothold. And, and now that the uh, movement spread so much that there is a niche for women in the movement to be able to uh, come together and start forming leadership positions and things like that and start getting their name out. So what's the purpose of the Ladies of Liberty Alliance? What what sets it apart besides being, uh, first of all, is it women only? No, we actually have a uh, good deal of gentlemen that are actually helping us. Um, I know Pete Ayer from Motorhome Diaries and Mike Gogolsky are two of our um, two gentlemen that have helped us quite quite a quite a bit um, with our organization, you know, like um, organizing it and getting the calendar ready, and as well as all the um, little things in the background for the organization to be built. But um, our mission is that um, we are coming together to provide the foundation necessary for an advancement of the philosophy of liberty in terms of um, educating women and other, you know, others and, and, and being, uh, allowing them to be aware of their rights, uh, even little things. We want to do training modules and conferences and things like that to be able to uh, boost self-esteem and be able to allow leaders to come up because it seems like uh, it's very the movement itself is very focused on men for the most part. There's, you know, you go to a, an event and there's 50 dudes and two chicks, and it, it would mm-hmm. be nice to be able to bring more women into that. Absolutely. Um, it seems like it's getting better over time here. At least that's my experience. Here in New Hampshire, we've we've noticed that. I don't know if that's true around the country. Yeah, that's, that, that much is true. What has your observation been, Allison? Are more ladies getting involved uh, all over the place in the, this movement? Yeah, actually, um, uh, Angela Keaton's a, another one of our. Um, pretty much the mother hen of, of our organization, and she's actually noticed a dramatic increase from the Ron Paul campaign. That's what she said uh, before. But, um, yeah, I'm starting to see more. For instance, Porkfest, there were a lot more women than, than um, I, I was told that were previously there. And, you know, they're attractive and intelligent, and they have, you know, a voice now, and, and hopefully they can all join. Like, Joan Basteck is, is amazing up in New Hampshire, and she actually is a, uh, a member of Lola, and I'm hoping that you know, and Smag up there in, in Keene, New Hampshire, she's also one. So, so bring more women into the fold from up there as well. 
Awesome. All right. Iamlola.org is the website. People can go uh, to this site. It's a blog site, as I, uh, from what I can see right here. And the first thing you're going to see when you go there is that the Ladies of Liberty Alliance 2009 to th- uh, 2010 calendar ladies are being featured uh, right there on the front page of the website. So people can go to iamlola.org and get a taste of what the calendar is going to be like. And hopefully they'll like what they're seeing and they'll go ahead and order one. That's all, that's, that all can be uh, taken care of right there at iamlola.org. Is that right? Yep. Now, Allison, um, I know I'm supposed to be uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be awed by these women's uh, you know stand for liberty and their their incredible intelligence. However, what I'm seeing here is a bunch of hot chicks. Um, I you know I, how much how much for this uh, the, this calendar? The calendar is a twenty dollar donation, and the proceeds go to actually helping us build the organization and be able to pay for the printing costs of the calendar itself. It does it does cost quite a bit to print the calendar. Um, so once you get the organization up and rolling, what are what are some of the longer term plans? Um, we're we're going to hold a yearly Lola conference in which we will actually be able to uh, determine who our next set of Lolas for the next <laughs> calendar. We're actually already starting the 2011 calendar as soon as this one's done. Um, with the help of Rita Quinn, who's absolutely amazing. And so from there, we actually want to do online tutorials. We'll have membership on our website. Our website will have a little bit more depth to it. You'll be able to blog on it, and uh, not just the Ning site that we have that's attached to this, where you can actually interact with the ladies. But um, uh, women will, we're actually going to have the political track and the activist route, or track, rather, and have two different realms of um, tutorials, and whichever way that you feel that you feel most, that you fit in the most, you can um, go in and learn more about that. Now, one of the bonuses to the calendar is uh, not only is it a 2010 calendar, because it's kind of hard sometimes for people to think that far ahead, but it's got, uh, I mean, you know, September 1st, it's already, it, it has September, October, and November, and December of uh, this year on it also, so there's four extra months. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when are these... Uh, every woman... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask when you're planning on shipping uh, the calendars out for those who have ordered them. Um, the, the Republic magazine is actually printing our calendars for us, um, and so from there, they said that they should, it takes about five to seven days, so they should be shipping it back to me, and I should receive them by September 15th. Um, we're unveiling it September 17th at the uh, Campaign for Liberty uh, Pennsylvania Regional Conference. Oh, the one in... So uh, if anybody's pre-ordered, they can pick it up there. The one in Valley Forge? Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. Uh, yeah. So... Anything else you want to add in here about the uh, the actual calendar? Because I actually have I, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. I guess we can g- generally describe what's going on here. I mean, you can see some of the pictures uh, again of some of the lady of the, I guess all of the ladies at IamLola.org. But there uh, are each of the I haven't taken a time to look closely at it, but are each of the paragraphs on um, because basically the way the calendar is set up is there are some photos of the the ladies uh, for each month. And or, or a lady for each month, and then there's a, a description. Is that written by each one of the ladies? Yeah, each each one of the individuals wrote their own for um, whatever theme they chose, and they actually chose their own theme as well. So it's coming straight from the heart. For instance, um, Tracy Harmon, who is actually a IVAW member, Iraq Vets Against the War. She was a conscientious objector. She is actually doing the anti-war one, and she explains you know, her process through going into it, realizing it was incorrect, and, and getting out of it, and things like that. You know, she's got a, she's got a really great picture here. I'm, I'm looking at her right now, and what I love about it the most is that um, you know, she has the, 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 the sort of etiquette, um, the firearms etiquette. She doesn't have her fingers on the trigger. Any other um, uh, you know, Hollywood-type picture, they'd have their fingers right on the triggers of these guns, and, and she doesn't have it on there, and you can tell that she has a real respect for the weapons. Yeah, definitely. Yep. 
The other thing that's cool about the calendar is it covers a lot of bases. I mean, I'm looking here throughout this. Uh, there's one page that's very obviously uh, drug war related. There's a Tenth Amendment page, uh, homeschooling. There's all in the Fed page with yeah. uh, Megan Duffield. All kinds of different uh, themes here for each one of these ladies. And obviously, these are themes that are very important to them. Exactly. And you know, I, I think it's tastefully done, and um, a lot of scrutiny we've gotten um, before people have actually been able to see it is that we're subject, you know, object, objectifying women. And I think that like, if they actually saw, if, like you guys can see it right now, it's it's very classy, it's very tasteful, but it, it also proves, uh, provides the message there, and it has solid uh, foundation for that. You know, it, this, anytime, you, uh, anytime you have uh, p- people looking at pictures you're gonna have this objectifying thing going on i mean do men like to look at women yes they do um does that is that mean it's objectifying i don't know um you know i think that it's it's a difficult uh conversation to uh, to have i'm of the opinion that if you've if you've got a uh, a trait that's a marketable value you should use that trait that's of marketable value and i think these women have the marketable value marketable trait of beauty um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that it, there's anything to be ashamed of in that. Well, and I think the calendar shows uh, that they, it's not just beauty. It's, it's not just it's about art. beauty. It's about brains uh, as well. These ladies are obviously uh, very brilliant. Uh, that's why they're involved in this movement. Uh, Allison, do you have time to talk to us a little bit more? Sure. All right, I'm going to hang on to you here. We'll uh, bring back Allison. If you've got a question about the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, Allison is with us. She is uh, the executive director of the organization, Allison Gibbs, on the phones here tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're ta- uh, talking first thing out here uh, the gate tonight with Allison Gibbs. She's the executive director of the Ladies of Liberty Alliance. Their website is imlola.org. That's I-M-L-O-L-A, imlola.org. And it's a, a new organization, relatively new, within the last uh, within this year. And they have put out uh, a calendar, the very first ever Ladies of Liberty Alliance 2009-2010 uh, calendar. It's available for pre-order. And in fact, Allison, you guys are doing like a calendar bomb or something like that today. Tell me more about that. Yeah, today is our calendar bomb. We're, we're trying to sell at least um, 100 calendars today um, in order to kind of, um, what's the word? It's pretty much, we're, we're very excited because we actually just finished uh, putting all the, the calendars together, and so we're shipping it off to the shipper, um, or we ship it to the shipper today. So it's kind of like we're finally like a, whew, we're finally done with that thing because yeah. something was a monster to put together. It's a lot but, of work. Uh, kind of, you know, it, it's, and it's also trying to pump up some, um, you know, some some words and like you know voices. You know, uh, get get the, get our message out there. We want to get and, the buzz going. We want to get uh, people yeah. excited about this, and and they should be because number one, when I was approached for this, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I mean, uh, they I think it was Amber that sent me an email. And uh, mm-hmm. she she was asking, uh, or I think she actually gave me a phone call and asking if Free Talk Live would uh, would get behind the the calendar. And 
I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how uh, tasteful slash trashy it would end up being. And as you say, it, it ended up being very tasteful. Um, but I, I decided, you know, this is a great idea just in general that – First of all, that there is a Ladies of Liberty Alliance, and there's now an organization for uh, for women to get involved in, and as you say, learn things about uh, being good communicators and good leaders uh, in within this movement. And I just, you know, I saw the purpose, and of course, I'd, I'd met you guys over at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I thought, you know, this is a no-brainer. Free Talk Live has uh, has got to be involved in. In this, and so not only did uh, did I buy an, an ad for Free Talk Live, but I also went ahead and bought one for uh, for Free Keen. So you'll see our advertisement in there, which I I'd like to say thanks for putting us on uh, the December uh, month of the calendar because the Free Talk Live ad is featuring our shrine of female listeners to kind of give uh, the people that are looking at the calendar an extra place to go and and take a look at other uh liberty oriented ladies that uh, i mean dozens of them more than you could possibly fit on uh, on one calendar so it's like a nice little continuation of the concept uh toward the very end so i'd like to thank you for for doing that and and thanks for approaching us and and asking us to be involved because i'm i'm absolutely proud to uh, to help out with getting this organization off the ground Oh, that's great. I mean, whatever we can do to work with you guys more would be excellent. And, you know, we're all, we're on this together and we're in the same fight. So it's it's nice that we can um, all kind of congregate together and start utilizing that. So one thing people can to to work one thing people can do to help the Ladies of Liberty Alliance right now is to go to IamLola.org and pre-order their copy of this calendar. And once you see the pictures of the ladies, I'm sure guys uh, will be happily ordering these for friends and uh, and things like that. Uh, so head on over there, and you can do that. What are some other ways that people can uh, get involved in the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, whether they are male or female? Well, actually, um, for the good thing about Lola is that since the creation of Lola or the calendar, we've only used liberty-minded businesses and organizations to execute the calendar, as well as anything else we've needed, uh, including our website building, like just even everything, our shirts, air, air, stickers, libertystickers.com. Everybody has been excellent and. And so being able to help us work with other liberty-minded organizations or groups uh, to continue the Lola, you know, Lola trend and keep it, keep it active and keep it, uh, you know, a, a sane, rather. And, and also, if the women want to get involved with us um, and be able to start being part of the exec, you know, executive committee and be able to help, like, push it out and, and give us training tools and, and want, to do, want to speak with us or want to speak for us at, at events nationwide, or want to help with the online tutorials, or you know, we actually have a lot of homeschooling uh, women in our in our group so far, and they actually want to start an actual, um, you know, teaching children and doing a curriculum, a Lola curriculum for children. So um, we have a lot of a lot of avenues that people could actually get plugged in. So hopefully anybody can that is interested can just contact me. It's Allison A L L I S O N at IamLola.org. And I would be happy to do whatever in, in my, my physical power to uh, get them connected. You know, um, I've uh, as we've we've stated earlier that you know, that women and the liberty movement haven't always gelled real well. But I can tell you that uh, issues like homeschooling and home birth and uh, you know p- women's rights in the area of, of children and pregnancy uh, pregnancy those really get a lot of women excited. And I do think that uh, you know that that there's a there's a natural coupling with uh, the idea of, uh, of women and homeschooling and and the liberty movement. Yeah, I think I think that's another thing with the calendar that I that I personally think is amazing is that uh, 
there's a lot of things that connect women, and most people would automatically assume, um, you know, with education and homeschooling and all that kind of stuff, but uh, which is actually, you know, it, it, like you were saying, it is a natural like uh, affinity towards one another for those things. But there's a lot of women doing things that are totally irrelevant. For instance, Leah Patrick is talking about free markets, and someone else is speaking about um, freeing our food and ending the Fed, things that were primarily thought of as being male-dominated. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of leading women coming out and saying, you know, I'm 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 in this area like Second Amendment things like that. So certainly true. Uh, certainly true. I'm just saying that I've noticed uh, that, that a lot of women get very excited about the ideas of homeschooling and uh, you know having control around uh, birth rather than uh, you know the well, those could be establishment. Those could be issues that could really bring people into the movement, yeah. and then they'll discover these other ones and maybe get excited yeah, about. Thank you too. for that, Ian. You pulled my fat out of the fire on that one. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so actually, I'm looking here at IamLola.org and just kind of looking for other things people can get involved in. I see a uh, an updates option, email updates. Uh, there's right underneath the calendar bomb on the right-hand side. People uh, presumably can sign up there, and they'll be kept in the loop. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty much our mailing list. So when our website, we're hoping that by, the, um, by September 15th, we'll be able to have a um, fully functioning website that will have a lot of depth to it and... Uh, We'll have some content up and, and, you know, begin the tutorial process and begin, like, the education and things like that. So we will update people regularly about uh, what's going – the goings-on of Lola, rather. Great. I am running out of questions. Nick, uh, got anything here for uh, for Allison while we've got her? Mark, anything else? I, I, I think all the bases have been covered. It looks like a great calendar, Allison, and I. Uh, I'm I looking forward to getting my copy. Yeah. Am I, am I, are we getting the copy? Yes, That's... we are getting comps. I mean, I ordered two uh, advertisements, so I figure you know we should get some comps, and that's in, indeed what's going to happen. So thank you for well, I'm for looking sending at those it our here. Direction. It looks like it's it looks great to me, and uh, I recommend that uh, that the people who are getting it will not be disappointed. Yeah, I, and of course we'll talk about it again. Uh, you say they're shipping out midpoint uh, in September, so people should definitely have them in their hands by the end of September. Is that right? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, cool. So when we get our hands on the actual copy, we'll certainly talk about it, how it looks. Uh, we do have the kind of the advanced sneak peek here that we can take a look at, but it, it won't be the same as actually holding it in, in our hands. And uh, I'm sure our listeners are pretty excited, uh, especially our lady listeners, about this organization. At least I, I hope they are. Uh, and, and they should go over to IamLola.org and get involved. And there are a handful of other things that uh, we didn't really talk too much about. You've got your own social network there. There's a link to that on the page. You can go and create your profile there and add friends and do all that social networking stuff. And uh, Allison, always good having you on the show. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hope you can hit that 100 calendar mark. How many more do you have to go? Um, we only have about 40 more, so we're going to be into the night. Okay, very good. Head over there right now, IamLola.org. More Free Talk Live is coming up, and we'll uh, take your calls about anything. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include the archive, so if you've missed a moment, you can just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. It's right here in New Hampshire, teamed up with hundreds and soon to be thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people getting active and actually doing something about achieving liberty. So I think you're going to like it when you take a look into it. Freestateproject.org is where you want to go for more information. That's freestateproject.org as we go to your phone calls about what you want. We'll start out with Dave in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, what's up? Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I think it was last night or the Saturday night you guys were talking about welfare. And um, I, uh, I was fortunate enough, I guess you could say, to have been on welfare uh, last year while I was in California. How does a um, male get on welfare? Well, I was uh I was laid off. Okay. Um uh like it was really crappy timing too. It was right after I got off uh, my vacation from Christmas break, mm. like January third or something like that. And I come in and to work and around lunch they laid me off. So mm. um I uh immediately signed up for unemployment. Now I am married and I have at the time, I had three kids, but during that time, we my wife was pregnant at the time that I got laid off. Jeez. Yeah, yeah it was it was uh, pretty uh, pretty crap, not good. Crappy, crappy timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I even told him that I'm like, wow, this is really crappy because my wife's pregnant and they didn't really seem to care. Well, so they, um, <laughs> they, so, they don't um, get paid to care. Exactly. So I I immediately you know I had been in L.A. at that time for six years paying into the system. So I'm like, all right, I paid into it. Now I'm going to take advantage of it. So, um, you know, I went on unemployment, and um, I was able to collect the maximum amount of unemployment. And in California, it's actually pretty good. It's 450 a week. But on top of that, um, because I was married and have four kids, we got um, about 900 a month in food stamps and then another 1100 a month in cash aid. So that's almost $4,000 a month. Yeah, I was doing much better on that than working. <laughs> and um plus my wife because she was pregnant um was on what they call Medi-Cal, which is the state health insurance. Um which having been through that, if Obamacare is anything like that, then it'll be awful. Um hmm. so uh, you know, at that point I'm like we were like, wow, we have all this extra money and we're not doing anything for it. And it completely de-incentivized me to want to find anything other than what I actually do for a living. You know, I had to go in um, uh, once to talk to somebody about, you know, you know, they have their employment development department and help you find a job. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, you know, well, you know, you can go at groceries or work at McDonald's or this, that, or the other thing. Right. And I, and I said, do you understand that um, – I'm making more not doing anything and taking draining money from the government than like if I go take one of these schlub jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, I, I have no reason to go find a job. I flat out told her, like, I'm not like I'm looking for a gig doing what I do, 
you know, sound for video games or television or films, but I'm not going to go take some $8, $9 an hour job um, just because you say so, because right. you have de-incentivized me to want to do that. Right. Why in the world would you? And and I'm, I'll bet you would be, uh, if, if you had just gotten laid off and, and all you had was uh, unemployment, um, I bet you would be incentivized to go out and find a job rather quickly. And if, But otherwise, you're getting more money by staying unemployed than you would by driving a cab or working at McDonald's. Yeah, it was it was completely wacky, and the, and there's tons of people on that system, and, and then not to mention the cost of. Uh, I have four sons, three of them. Um, most of the time when I was out there, I wasn't making a lot of dough, so uh, my wife and kids were on Medi-Cal. Three of my four sons were born on Medi-Cal, all C-sections. So Jeez. you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not like it was cheap, and and we didn't. I didn't have to. Besides the taxes that I paid, I mean, it's not like I had a copay or anything like that. Well, now, just as as an aside here, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. What you're saying is that you noticed, even though uh, you noticed that you had lost your incentive to uh, to go out and find something to bring money in, because why bother? The checks are rolling in. And if there were something like unemployment in a um, a free marketplace kind of world, then that would be a, a valuable concept that, you know, you pay this money into this, this system and then they – for, for people that can't save, right? Uh, you, you pay money into this system and, and then they pay you when you lose your job. Sure, and, real unemployment insurance, and, actual unemployment insurance. And that would give you the uh, opportunity to have that kind of lengthy period of time that you would need to find something that's a little more appropriate for what you want to do. I don't see anything necessarily wrong with taking your time if you've got – you know the money coming in to uh, to support yourself and sure. I mean, you you want to look for the if it's easier to look for a job when you don't have a job. Some people uh, you know disagree, and and I understand. I think it's you should have a job, but if if you if it makes it difficult for you to go in and do interviews and things like that, well, you know, I understand. So I think that some of this can be duplicated in the marketplace. As far as that, the buffer zone, if you will, of being able to just hunt around for the for something that is more appropriate to your talents, uh, I think that would be certainly duplicatable in the in the marketplace. But a lot of the other stuff, how much oversight was there? I mean, as far as the the food stamps or the uh, the other things that you were getting, how long could you have continued cashing in on those after the unemployment ran out? Um. Oh well, as far as the cash aid and the food stamps. I could have been taking collecting on that until um, my youngest was 18. Oh boy! Oh my gosh! He, he, he was born in he was born in June of last year. Yeah, California doesn't follow federal um, laws as far as the welfare uh, goes. Federal law is five years maximum, and California is 18. But I think they're changing it because they're having such financial problems. But um, yeah, um, so I got to ask. The, I gotta ask, why are you working? <laughs> oh, well, California is a horrible place to live. Um, it, no, no. It, why it, are you I, working? Working? I mean, he's in Nevada right now. Oh, okay. So you decided to leave. Got it. Oh yeah, I left. I mean, it, it, it was. It, it, I was actually trying to find a job doing what I do, and if I would have taken a job doing, you know, bagging groceries, flipping burgers, uh, you know, by the time I get home from doing that and help my wife with the kids, I don't have time to go out to interviews, scour the internet for work, you know, sure. a lot, you know, in, in the entertainment industry, it's a lot of uh, about who you know, mm -hmm. and talking to the right people. And so you really got to 
spend, you know, I spend most of my days like on the computer, on the phone, talking to people, making connections. That's how I end up getting the gig where I'm at now. And, you know, if I were working, you know, crazy hours, I would never have time for that. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, and, and before actually, before I came here, things, it was just the state was going down the tubes and, um, we ended up kind of working the system pretty good and they caught on to it. And they were like, oh, we overpaid you by $900 uh, this month, so you have to pay it back. And it, was, it ended up being a clerical error on their part as well. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, you can go pound sand. That's your problem, not mine. And uh, we ended up, we left the state. We went to Illinois, where I'm from, for a few months and then came to Nevada. But, um, you know, it, it was it was just ridiculous how, um, you know, easy it was to get on it. Um, and then just stay on it. And I could totally see why people wouldn't want to get off of that program there. It's, yeah. You know, and I'm how, not advocating how it. hard I'm, will they fight, uh, if something like that is threatened, if a sure. government welfare program well, is threatened and, and how much will they wail? It's like, Oh my God, we're going to die. If we don't, we'll starve to death. Of course. Nonsense. I mean, you know, you're not on it anymore. Are you starving? Yeah, it was, it's ridiculous. So I just thought I'd share that with you I'm guys. glad you shared that story. I appreciate it. It gives people kind of an inside look into uh, what it's like. And thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can tell your welfare story if you've been on it and uh, what it did to your incentives. Uh, luckily, he still had it together enough to, you know, get out while before he became a welfare queen. And it didn't sound like he was really threatened to become one of those. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It is Ian with you, and I shouldn't have done that because Nick hasn't gone back yet. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Mark and Nick are here too, and we'll talk to you about anything. Uh, Toll-free at 800-259-9231. We'll go right back into your phone calls here in mere moments. AudiblePodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. Try them out by downloading a free audiobook at AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL. If you don't put it on AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL, you won't get the free audiobook. And they have all the, you know, pretty much most, most I should say most of the bestsellers that are out there today. Um, I know Terry Goodkind's book's up there and just a, a bevy of others. Just go check them out and you will be awed by the, uh, the the quantity of books that you could get for free at audiblepodcast.com. I guess I should say variety because you will only get one. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right. We continue taking your phone calls here about anything and go to Kurt in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Kurt. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Kurt, what's on your mind? Well, um, just want to let everybody out there who's listening know that the AMP program does work. Uh, as a guy who has increased his AMP, you know, over over the, the years that I've been listening, I feel that I've gotten exponential return for my money. How oh. is that? What kind of return are you getting, Kurt? Um, I'm getting the ability to call up a national radio show and tell the main host that I think he's wrong. Oh, excellent. Which one? Um, that would be uh, Ian. Well, that's easy. Go ahead. <laughs> well, normally it'd be you, Mark, but this one I'm going to dump on Ian. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, you can call back and tell me how important voting is later. We're not voting is later. <laughs> um, please, please reiterate to me and, and, and the audience why, Ian, why you think that rights don't exist. 
Well, I mean, as far as them being any sort of uh, provable concept uh, in in reality, they they're not. There's no tangible, concrete thing called a right. Obviously, it's just a concept. It's just an idea. Um, so, I mean, I guess it exists in that it's a an idea, and it exists as much as any other idea. Uh, exist that that can't possibly ever manifest. So I guess that's that's what I mean. I mean, with, there, go with ahead. that criteria, a, a partial list of other things that don't exist: numbers, math, language, words, architecture, science, um, taxes, wealth, and property. These are I don't know about all that, Kurt. Uh, well, slow down there. I think that numbers and and a lot of those things do exist. Uh, I mean, I'll take I'll take six numbers, number fives, please. I can't touch them. I can't feel them. That's what tangible is. Yeah, you could. Oh, sorry about that, Nick. Uh, Nick's back with well, us. I, I, I mean, numbers are an abstract concept, just like right. So I think fundamentally, it's the right argument to make is many of the things that we use in day-to-day life are abstractions. They're not they're not tangible but, physical but they objects. Affect, they the affect our lives in a profound way. I mean, yep. there's, there's, there's no doubt that architecture has affected our lives in a profound way. Um, Kurt, that Kurt's right. Kind of... he's, he's right on this one because uh, language, for instance, which I think is probably the, 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 uh, the most tenuous of all the examples that you used there, Kurt, but language is an agreement. If I don't agree on a language with you, Ian, that we can converse in, we're not communicating, so there's that's what rights are. Rights are an agreement, and you have rights until somebody says you don't. And so if you're dealing with a lion or a tiger, you don't have rights because the tiger doesn't respect them. However, if you're dealing with uh, people um, on a day-to-day basis, the rights are an agreement, and people generally agree that humans have rights. And I don't want to deal with people that don't. Now, I understand where you're coming from, that they're only an idea, they're an abstraction, da-da-da. So are many things, and Kurt made a, a really uh, a motivating point on that. So are rights real? Not in the sense that you can touch them, but are they real in this, the idea, the arena of, of, of the mind? Sure they are. And not only that, but the, the profound effect they have on your life. Yes. I mean, the actual tangible effect they have on your life. I mean, you actually can create something that doesn't exist, which is wealth, through rights that also kind of doesn't exist. But it does affect you in, like I said, and I hate to use the term again, a profound way. Okay. Very persuasive, Kurt. Thank you. Oh, by the way, I'll take uh, three pounds of freedom and uh, two uh, yards of liberty, please. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That just doesn't happen often enough. The SACL CAI toll-free line. I think I'd always said that they were uh, just agreements between people, and I guess uh, it's true then that those other things, you know, numbers and and that sort of thing don't exist beyond that they're agreements. I guess more people agree on uh, numbers than they do on rights. I think you could probably make that statement. I mean, most people agree that 2 plus 2 equals 4, but most people, I don't think, agree on what all rights everyone has. Right. I mean, there there is the issue that... Some people will say you have a right to health care or a right to housing sure. or something like that, sure. which directly contradicts the idea that you have a right to your own life, liberty, and property. So, I mean, just because someone's thinking about you know what they interpret as rights doesn't mean they're on the same page as you. I don't think it means, however, that those you know the idea that you have a right to your life and a right to your liberty 
I don't think that means that they're any less tangible than numbers, for instance. I mean, I could make a, I could try to do math with a base two system instead of a base ten mathematical system. No one else could probably read it, but that doesn't mean that the base ten system isn't still valid. There's so. always hexadecimal, my friend. Right, and I think that uh, when it when it comes to um, people and their agreements, uh, I think that one of the other issues with rights is that not only are you not only do you have the issue of the positive versus negative rights, and I think if I'm not mistaken, the positive rights are the ones that are things like you have a right to health care, and negative rights are things like you have the right to not be killed. The right privacy. essentially that's where well, when you say you have a negative liberty, is really the right to the freedom from intervention. So I have a right not to be killed. I have a right not right. to have my liberty taken from me. That's why it's referred to as a negative right, whereas a, a positive liberty is something that's guaranteed to you. I'm guaranteed a house. I'm guaranteed health care. Maybe a better way for me to say that I don't believe that rights exist would be to say that I don't believe there's any real agreement on what rights are. Uh, there's no real cohesive agreement between people on what rights really are. I mean, we may be able to come to an agreement within this room, within the, the liberty movement, we may be able to come to a general agreement about what rights exist or should exist uh, and, and people should agree on. But once you start talking to you know the average person, uh, they don't really have a, a real good concept of, of what rights are in the first place. And when you, you know, ask them questions, they will respond with things like, well, I think there is a right to health care or, well, no, you don't have the right to uh, free speech or, no, you don't have the right to, you know, the money that you earn and, and the freedom to uh, to spend it in the way that you think is best. I mean, you well, don't have the right to those Most people will things. actually say that you have the right to keep the money that you earn until, until you, you bring start up taxes. Press, yeah, still, well, until you tar- start pushing them on the issue because it yeah. sounds good and it sounds right. Oh, sure, you should be able to keep the money that you earn until... They Except start for realizing the 40% the government wants to take from you. <laughs> and still they start realizing, oh, well, all these programs that they want, that they feel that people have a right to, are funded, in fact, by money that, that they intend to take from people. So. so so, would it be more accurate, then, for me to say that there is no common agreement on what rights are? Sounds right. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, and I would agree with you on that, that <laughs> different people have different ideas about what your rights are, and especially... As you know, society has just generally adopted a more statist philosophy. There are a lot of people out there who will say, "Well, you have a right to health care or some other positive liberty," and it's just not the case, at least from my perspective. So, it's That's- it's not like there's one objective set of rights that the universe says is correct. I, I I mean, I don't believe that, but the ideas are there, and I think the ideas are every bit as important as say numbers or. Language. I mean, language is just right. an abstraction, too. So the ideas are there, and they are valid, and they deserve to be discussed. They deserve to be agreed upon. I think that it would be great if we could bring more people onto a similar platform of what rights are and what they should be and, and where uh, they agree and have them agree in a similar area. I think that would be nice if we could move toward uh, something like that. But in the meantime, I think it's still fairly accurate to say that you know, if you say you have rights, that's great. But the next guy next to you may not think that you have rights. And if he doesn't think you have rights and he's willing to, you know, point a gun at you to get you to behave in the way that you want that he wants you to, do you really have rights? So whether or not they exist, I guess, isn't the question. Do you have them?
is an, is another question. And it's, it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Mark, about you don't have them unless you well, intend to have them, unless you choose to have them. People in this country have chosen to uh, to to just well, allow themselves to be walked all over. If they'd stood up for their rights and refused to uh, obey these bureaucrats trying to control them, then they might have more rights now. Well, rights are really, if you, if you look at the etymology of the word and if you just think about it a little bit, it's it's more a code of ethics than anything. It's saying, what do I have the right to do? Where am I in the right? right where and, am I in the right? Yeah. Right. And I think they're they're every bit as valid as any other code of ethics. I mean, they're just as real. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Chime in on this conversation or bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll continue taking your phone calls about anything. And then if we get a chance, looks like the state is actually entering in to the gambling business beyond just the lottery. We already know they're running the numbers. Uh, but now uh, the state of Kansas is going to be acquiring some casino operations for themselves. So we'll get to that here if we get a chance, but your calls are primary. So let's go to Nick in Massachusetts. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hi. Hey, uh, Nick. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask you guys a question. Um, would you consider, oh, actually, the rights thing. Um, first, um, I would uh, sort of agree with um, Ian that there's really no such tangible thing as rights and that we only have them really if you can defend them and you can make agreements with other people about them, stuff like that. Um, and that's really about it. Um, and then uh, my question was, do you guys consider, uh, there's a lot of people, you know, with, with uh, Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security and um, Obama trying to um, give the government more power over um, the medical industry overall, um, with that, that it's socialized. And my question to you guys is whether, even if it's socialized and it's like the government's socializing a lot of the services, do you consider it actually socialism? Do you consider, like, the government getting involved with the market always socialism or, like, something else well it 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 gets into this gray area uh, socialism is defined by government ownership or uh, mutual ownership or whatever government ownership of the means of production 
Okay, so if you have the government writing checks to the doctors in the form of paychecks, that would be considered ownership of the means of production um, in that particular arena. Well, um, if the government is a single payer, uh, I mean, if you're talking about single payer, that's socialized medicine, right? I mean, if the, gov- the, the doctors may not be getting their weekly paycheck in the same way that um, an hourly worker would, but, uh, you know, that, that seems like owns of, uh, ownership of the means of production. But you can extrapolate it out one step. The government chooses to tax things like uh, the capital um, for businesses, basically all the equipment you have, and uh, they they tax the labor of the workers, the individuals, people. They tax uh, the property on which you live and have your business or, or whatever. If they can tax those things, they must own them, because if you choose not to pay the rent on those things, the government can come in and get them, barring your labor. Obviously, the government can't come and get your labor. However, they can confiscate your labor in the form of imprisonment you for choosing not to give them their vig on your labor. So the gov- so I say any government is socialism. Oh, all right. Do you well, see what I I'm saying? I, I, would, I would tend to, I mean, I can see the argument you're making, Mark. My position, I mean, if you're going to try to define the, the economic system that we have in the United States today, I think that fascism is a better fit. And fascism... It it retains the idea, at least nominally, the idea that businesses are owned privately and that property is owned privately, but subject to the will of the state and under very tight state control. So, for instance, it's not saying that private property will be abolished. It's just saying that the state will decide who can go into business, whether they want to take your property, but you can still acquire wealth that's considered yours and dispose of that wealth however you want, as long as you're within the good graces of the state. It's a tough call. I, I mean, I find myself wanting to agree with both of you because I think, Nick, you're certainly right as far as the general picture of business in in this country. It's a fascist system. It's a, I mean, it's a very for... The idea of it is it's a very for-profit system with the profits being, you know, they're private profits and the system's designed to, by government, it's been set up in such a way that a handful of powerful people who back up those in power get most of the profits. And so I, I think it is different than at least the the ideological bent of socialism where everybody owns everything communally and the, the state will administer that and will do away with private property. I don't think that really describes the American economic system that we have right now. I think you're right about that. I think you could describe some things and some well, programs as socialist uh, but I don't think and that it's socialism in general. I mean, fascism and socialism, they're very closely related ideologies. Yeah. Some people think of them as polar opposites, but no way. it's no really way. just a right-wing authoritarianism or a left-wing authoritarianism. Sure. And So uh, uh, fascism was called national socialism from the beginning. Well, it, well, some people would argue that Hitler's Germany didn't exactly match the best definition of fascism. That's all right. The Democrats don't give, give a damn about democracy, and the Republicans don't care about republics either. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just it pointing is. I mean, out that it's, it's related. Right. It's a, I mean, it's, it is. It is very closely related, and we're, you know, there's a few ideological differences, but all in all, the idea is that the state determines who gets to own what, and essentially, the state is. 
in control of the entire economy in the end of it. The, the state is, uh, at this point, uh, pretty, you know, very, very influential in the economy. I can't say in control of all of it because it hasn't crashed and burned already. And that's when you'll know that the state's in, entirely in charge when, you know, they've, they've stifled any way to, uh, to, to really use uh, motivation to drag yourself up out of the mire. Um, uh, you know, other than so say the black market. So I'm I, I agree with what you're saying. However, um, it's my opinion that you add socialism on on the, uh, the the continuum that is government. That you add socialism as you move up um, through government control till you get to socialism. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can have enough socialism. You mean you add you... fascism on the continuum? Because you said you it's add socialism. Fascism is really just um, a step down from socialism on the government control scale. The the, the government control scale basically says that, uh, well, you know, to a business, well, okay, you can exist and as long as you do what we say and in the manner we say it. And that's what we've currently got in the United States, fascism. Well, um, when the when the businesses don't do what the government says that they're supposed to, or they don't do it well, uh, read uh, G- General Motors. Just take a look. Well, then the government steps in, and then they take control. That's the next step up, and that's where we're headed. Right, and there are some industries that I would say are are either socialized or in the process of being socialized. I, I'd say they're all um, in the process of being socialized. They're somewhere along that road, but I think where you point out General Motors actually having the government take over and take over control of the company, essentially – and inject what's supposedly taxpayer money, but it's really just whatever money the government has at its disposal that is robbed from people or printed. When they take over directly a company like that, you have crossed a very important threshold. Yeah. Uh, so, Nick, did that answer your question? Um, yeah, I would sort of uh, agree more with Nick, uh, the other Nick, than um, Mark. I was sort of having the same, uh, along the same lines, um, that it's more nationalistic, therefore more fascist, than uh, socialism. Um, well, 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 if you're if you're using nationalism as a, a criteria, right? Take a take a look at uh, Stalin's Russia uh, for a minute with the big long red banners and the hammer and sickle and the gold star there. I, huge pictures of well, uh, of Joseph Stalin in the background. <laughs> bronze statues. I mean, you don't want nationalism. The Soviet Union's got nationalism well, for you, Nick. But th- th- I, I'm going to jump in here. Theoretically, socialism, or at least Marxist socialism, which is the the most popular form out there, it's an international ideology. So most people who would identify themselves and say, you know, I'm a socialist or I'm a Marxist, they want to eliminate national boundaries and national governments and create a global workers' state where well, everybody because socialism is a step everything. on the path toward uh, communism, right, for them? Well, com- right? I mean, the idea behind communism was that the state would somehow wither away, but everyone would share everything. <laughs> well, communism was very vaguely defined, but the idea but that's behind- what you're saying. You're getting rid of the, the boundaries and that sort of thing, well, but in order no, to get to that point... you're having a world workers' state. Yeah, I mean, some socialists aren't even... They're not necessarily talking about the communism of Marx where everybody just does what is right because... You know, they've magically turned into these, I don't know what's, but communists, I Uh guess I would say, good communists. But the idea behind socialism in practice is to erase national boundaries and identify with other people based on their class. So a lot of, you know, socialists in the United States, the avowed, you know, self-described socialists would say, you know, they don't identify themselves as Americans. They identify themselves as members of the proletariat. So they all identify more with 
a, you know, a working class person in Germany than they will with an own, a property owner or a business owner here in the United States. But that certainly hasn't stopped all of the uh, kind of the idolatry well, and the worshipping of personalities. The difference between the ideology and the practice. Reality. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, Nick, appreciate hearing from you. You can dial in toll free and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. What's it called when the government runs a casino? That would be socialism, right? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Features including the bulletin board system. We've got over... 490,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. I would like to tell you about innerknobs.com. They have been a long-time sponsor of uh, Free Talk Live, and they are a great place to go get uh, you know, the knobs and poles and towel racks and all the things that you would get to spruce up your kitchen or bath. And if you're looking at getting those done... Go to innerknobs.com. You'll get them for significantly cheaper, and you can use code FTL on checkout to get receive 10% off on your order. So it's even cheaper, um, and it, it's the same high-quality stuff. They just don't have the gigantic storefront that uh, some of these places that, yeah. that sell them do. And I, I, you know, they were great to work with, fabulous to work with. I, I even had a return. You mean when that, you bought some knobs and yep, stuff? Um, I even had a return. That worked out well. I've got to say they stood behind their product. My return wasn't right away. It was kind of one of those. It was a. It was the little thing that shoots the soap out. We have uh-huh, a the speci- pump. We have a special colored one for our sink because um, it has to be bronze looking. You know, it couldn't possibly be just a little soft soap dispenser there on the side. Anyway, the little thing didn't work very well, and so we did the uh, the return, and, and they they facilitated it with the manufacturer. Did a really great job. All fast, easy. And I recommend them to anybody. It's innerknobs.com. Use code FTL to save 10% off your order. All right, let's continue taking your phone calls and go to Xander in Illinois. You're on the amp line. Hello, Xander. Hello, thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, actually, I wanted to share my own experience with uh, uh, welfare, if you will. Okay, um, sure. I had an ex that was on disability and got a disability check uh, monthly. And... The thing was is that I could see that it would be hard to bring someone in his kind of circumstance to liberty because, uh, well, like, I don't know how to explain it, like, as well as I can. Um, Well, he relies on the government, and you're telling him that his reliance on the government is not necessarily a good thing. People relate um, you know, they, they, when you tell them the government steals money, they relate them getting money from the government to being a crime like possession of stolen property, and they basically feel like you're calling them a criminal. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. And, and, and actually, it was interesting. Uh, he actually ran into a lot of hindrances, like uh, looked into getting a motorized, uh, motorized bike or something like that because, you know, for traveling purposes, that was the main hindrance. You know, for someone on disability, or well, he was legally blind. Okay. But the thing is that the state would not allow him to have anything with a motor, even if he would like, you know, take side streaks and be careful with it or whatever. Hmm. And you know, basically limited his employment opportunities to places that were within general biking distance, really. 
So I was, mm. I was just sharing that experience. Yeah. The other thing that you're basically telling them is, uh, you know, this, you know, this check you've been getting that uh, this entitlement, you're not entitled to it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's kind of a tough thing for people to accept. You know, it's yeah. You know, where would they it's think scary. themselves? Where am I going to get help from? Where, where you know, where, where would this money be coming from? Would I, I, I wouldn't be as independent as I am now, and and I've got to say, they probably wouldn't be as independent as they are now. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> the, the welfare would be helping poor people and helping people that are downtrodden and, and injured would be in the hands of the charitable, and and who's to say they may, maybe they'd have more freedom? Uh, than they, they might. Have There's today. no telling, but it, you know the. <laughs> Independence. I mean, you're still dependent on what the charity says and how they uh, administer that. That, that help. But I mean, I I can't. I can't say. I don't have. I can't either. I don't have uh, experience in that end of of charitable work. So I don't. I don't really want to speculate too far. But you know, there. uh, It would be interesting to hear from people that maybe have some ideas as to how best to transition. Because this is one of the things that we haven't really ever talked about. I mean, it's easy for us to. Just throw it out there that, oh, well, yeah, free market, you know, charities will take care of these people. Well, I mean, the question is, how do we get from here to there, really? I mean, that's going to be an important question to answer at some point. I don't know if I have any really uh, brilliant ideas necessarily. Do you? I'm all for the paring down of government uh, rivet by rivet, popping mm-hmm. rivets on the giant machine. It's not an easy... They're not going to let you do that, though. I they, mean, they, they want, they they want, want their checks. They, they do not want you to do that. If no. the, I mean, if the system runs out of money or runs low on money, you'll probably find it happening a lot more quickly Good than point. trying to disassemble but it. The market solutions will all of a sudden start po- uh, popping well, up. Well, that's all that will be left. Unfortunately, you'll probably have an economy that's been pretty Ravaged. screwed up by yeah. government intervention and and government debt, and so you might not have a whole lot of charity to rely on at that time either. So Boy. you could get something that's a lot worse than, say, just shutting off the welfare systems tomorrow. You might get something where... Well, there's no more government safety net, and the economy is in very bad shape, so no one has any money to give you or any help to give you. That is a scary idea. It's a a scary idea, but it's it's probably the most likely one of those to happen in the short short to medium term, I think. Nice way to down the show, Nick. Yeah, well, good I, job. I'm kidding. I'm I think he's right. No, he's. I think you are right. Yeah, I mean, you got to talk about reality. It's not. I mean, it's not a pretty idea either. No. Which is why I would prefer to see something like what Mark's talking about happen, where you know you phase it out. But mm-hmm. that's not likely to happen any time in the next couple of years. Right. Can you imagine phasing out? I mean, just going away from the welfare issue for a moment, just the, the whole idea of phasing something out that people count on. Uh, imagine phasing out the government schools. I mean, those teachers in the teachers' union don't want to see that happen, even though they may be more satisfied, uh, some of them, with their careers if they are actually working in a place that the gives ones. them proper incentives and, and things like that. Uh, but the, the the ones that aren't good are going to fight tooth and nail to Well, the uh, ones that are jobs. good are going to fight tooth and nail because they don't know what would be better for them They're scared either. of the unknown. Sure. I mean, you know, that's any idea that is not my idea sucks. Yeah. And that's how it is for the vast majority of the population. Everybody feels that. Everybody feels that way. If it's not my idea, it stinks. So and, the trick is getting them to think it was their idea, getting sure. them to come to the, these conclusions and on their own. Sort of the hallmark of a government job is, in fact, that the people in it get compensated in a manner that is not uh, is higher than what is commensurate in the free marketplace correct so dramatically um, higher in many cases in, well in, that's if you i mean if you a, a lot of times people will look at just the salary and they'll say well 
that's not that great. But when you look Denny's, at the benefits, right. the, the paid vacation, the medical insurance, if you the, look the at teachers' plan, salaries, though, my friend, if you look at a teacher's they're not salary, that bad. They make really good money, and for they eight work months a year, nine, right? eight, nine, nine eight, months. eight, nine months a year. Um, and then they've got the summer school overtime and all that other stuff. They can do whatever they want in those uh, those three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's really nice to have a career where you can take a three-month sabbatical and climb Mount Everest or do whatever you want every single year. That's sweet. That kicks butt. Any other thoughts, Xander? Uh, yeah, just what you were saying about the teachers reminds me of my, uh, my roommate is actually an IT worker for uh, schools and whatnot, and just the way they spend, some of those districts spend money is just insane. Just, you wouldn't yeah. believe it. it. Oh, I believe it. It's not theirs, so they have no real concern for how they spend it. Thank you for the call, Xander. I appreciate hearing yeah. from you. At 800-259-9231, though, the stories are always interesting to hear, no well, doubt. And one that. of the reasons they spend so much money, they're, they're not worried about getting a return on it. They've got right. a budget. They can buy laptops for a class of kids. Whether it helps, whether it helps the kids do better in school or not, why not do it? They've got the budget to do yeah, it. Yeah, well, if they don't spend the budget, then the, they won't have it next year, perhaps. So they have to spend their entire budget in order to ensure they're going to get the same budget uh, the next year. Otherwise, somebody will say, hey, you guys didn't spend your full budget. We're going to cut you back. More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. I love the British Sovereign. It's about a quarter ounce, which is usable for a gold coin. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $266. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold. FreeTalkLive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com features, including our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com, and we've got a lot of uh, uh, fans, I guess as they're called, on there. I think we've eclipsed 2,000 at this point, so thanks to everybody. That, I guess that's I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody that has uh, gotten on board over there at Facebook.freetalklive.com. You you know you should be doing a, a, some saving, and you know that silver and gold are great ways to uh, make a hedge against inflation. And Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to handle just that problem. It's might be difficult for you to save up enough money to buy, say, twenty British gold sovereigns and um in in order to to save on the shipping from Midas and um you know I understand that it makes completely good sense to me but if you do the Midas layaway plan all you have to do is call 877-857-9938 that's 877-857-9938 you can put a small amount down and then send them a check on a monthly basis or uh, you know a bi-weekly basis or whatever until it's paid off and then they will send you say 20 gold uh, British sovereign coins that are $266 for a quarter ounce of gold and you can start your savings plan right now the one that you've been intending to do 
all along. You can take that step, and you don't have to have a lot of money to do it. So it's 877-857-9938, and start saving gold and silver today. Saving, saving to buy 20 gold pieces is a little trickier than buying 20 silver pieces. Sure. I, I, you know, <laughs> we also have silver available at that, uh, that website as you well. Can go, uh, you can have silver, you can have gold, whatever you want. Uh, there's lots of different choices. All right. Uh, hey, Nick, what's coming up on Freeminds TV this week at freemindsmedia.org? Um, or .com? Or both? <laughs> well, we have a story about a fugitive from justice in Minnesota, which is also – it's also a llama. <laughs> and it's a pretty good story about how it got away. So All right, cool. that, that would be one of the funnier stories that we're covering this week. Very good. And you can see that uh, exclusively at freemindsmedia.com. You can also get blog posts. You've been on vacation for well over a week, though. So if, were you blogging while you were on vacation or are you completely I, away I from was, all things Free Minds? I was, I was on vacation from everything. So How nice. I haven't blogged in probably 10 or 11 days, but I'm sure I'll put something up there this week. Excellent. I look forward to it, and of course your uh, your co-host Toby is also over there blogging, and it's turning it's a nice little website they've got. Uh, plus, radio show Free Minds Media produces both television and radio, so if you're looking for more great liberty-oriented content, go no further than FreeMindsMedia.com. As we continue taking your phone calls, we go to Rob in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Rob, California, going once. Rob, and uh, hello, Rob. My call. You're on the air. Hello. What's on your mind? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right, good. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, strange story. Um, it really kind of bothered me. A friend of mine, she got called into court because she had some, just a bunch of crap going on and stuff that she wasn't guilty of. They knew it. And they checked the surveillance cameras that were supposed to be the evidence, and there was nothing on it. And when... They were all in agreement that they were going to drop the case. They came in and said, okay, we're going to, we'll drop all the charges if you give us a DNA swab. And they said, we can do it right now. You can go in the back. And she said, no way in hell. And they said, okay, well, then we're going to fine you $100. So what are you suggesting? Your freedom costs 100 bucks. Uh, um, I'm suggesting that there that that the government is into the local court systems to get their DNA base going. It's an interesting. It's an interesting question. What was she being charged with? Well, she had a she had a storage unit, and uh, an acquaintance of hers said, "Hey, can I store some stuff in there?" And you know, she's never even been in trouble in her life, you know. So mm-hmm. she said, "Sure," and it turned out that the guy had been you know, uh, burglarizing homes or whatever. Oh, dear. And and so, you know, they thought that he, they, there was stolen stuff in there, you know, which they didn't find any of that stuff. They checked all the, you know, and basically it came down to, you know, it was just they were, you know, trying to make her guilty by association. Was she ever arrested or was this kind of a, uh, who no, was bringing the, the guy charges? Was, the guy was arrested for, for other uh, burglary charges. Okay, so, so how did she so end up getting? Came tra- back, oh, sorry, go they, ahead. they got a hold of her basically as a witness, and then tried to, you know, bring her in on it that she was an accomplice. So they uh, they charged her with. This is commonplace. They do it all the time. This is the way that they get people to witness against other people because some people just don't want to witness. Just by charging them, and then sure, they charge them. 
So they charged her, but, but they but didn't no, arrest her, is what you're saying? Yeah, correct. She was never arrested. Uh, she just had, you know, the court says she had to go to court a bunch of times. It was extremely nerve-wracking, you know. But and at the, the end of it all, they gave her the opportunity to give up her DNA or pay $100 to make it all go away. Yeah. The way I look at it is they extorted her for her DNA. I'd say you're probably right about that. Although, I, if they wanted to really guarantee that they got DNA from people, they could just arrest them, bring them to whatever detention facility they have, and have the nurse there swab their mouth and you know, basically refuse to put them in population until they uh, go along with whatever it is that they're demanding. Uh, that yeah, would be well, a pretty easy they... way to get people to, uh, to break down and, and obey, rather than in the situation she was in, she had an easy out because she could pay the cash, uh, or she well, was never they, arrested, she... never in their clutches in that, in that way. Exactly. And they, they, I think they knew that you know, they didn't have anything on her. They were just using her as a witness to try to get to this other guy. Mm-hmm. And Thanks. Yeah. Go ahead. What I what I think they're doing is, you know, a lot of people are out of work right now, and they're going, "Oh, gee, I can't afford a hundred dollars. Sure, uh, take my DNA for to get off. No problem, you know." Right. And uh, then what happens next time? Once they already have your DNA, they're not going to be able to give you that offer anymore. So it's like what a one time well, get out of jail I free think it's card. The fact that they even want your DNA is the problem. That's the issue for no, me. No, I, I completely agree with you. Why do they want your DNA? So they can put it in their database and have more information they about you. They love having things in the database. Well, you know, exactly. it's interesting. I saw a story recently that said that claimed, and I have no reason to disbelieve it, but uh, the claim was that some, basically some college kids uh, figured out how to fake DNA evidence. So they, uh, th- so all the, the hype that has surrounded DNA and how it's, you know, 99.999% accurate or whatever it is that the claim is about DNA evidence, now they're basically saying that, Mark, if we wanted to uh, put your blood at the scene of the crime, we could, uh, if we had your DNA, we could essentially fake your DNA. Swell. So, uh, so DNA evidence, not so, at least according to the story that I saw, not so uh, unassailable anymore. Whether or not that means that the, the courts will, will uh, consider it unassailable or not is, a, is another question, but scientists are saying this is easy to fake. But for the courts to come and ask for your DNA to drop all charges when there were no charges, to me that's extortion. There, you know. Oh sure. She, you know that's she, what they do best. That's yeah. that's what the courts are there for, right? Is to extort money from people for the most part. There's the occasional actual crime that'll come before yeah, there's, them. There's a little bit of justice that squeaks out of the justice system. But, but they didn't want the hundred dollars. They wanted the DNA. Mm-hmm. Interesting observation tonight, and I thank you for the call. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Weren't they swabbing people's mouths on the side of the road somewhere in the yeah. past? Who was, was that? U- no, it was Utah that was drawing blood. They were training their highway patrolmen a few years back to actually draw people's blood on the side of the road, which, you know, that's uh, Disturbing a little enough. worse than worse, a, a mouth yeah. swab. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so the, this isn't really new news, but it's certainly disturbing and worth talking about. They've been trying to get uh, your DNA for a long time. I don't know how useful, to be to be perfectly honest, I mean, it's disturbing to me. I'm not sure that having your DNA profile in the database is as damaging as some of the other information that they profile there. It's certainly very invasive sounding, though, isn't it? I mean, it is. I don't know how useful it will be to them because, at least at the moment, it's a, it's an expensive and messy way to try to. 
figure out if somebody was at a certain place. And now that it can be faked, um, that makes it even more questionable. Maybe they want to use the DNA to fake some crimes. I don't know. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free. They include the chat room. Go to chat.freetalklive.com. Best time to go there, of course, is during the live show hours, uh, chat.freetalklive.com. But it is open 24-7. We will go here to your phone calls. That's the point of the program. We'll start things out here, this segment, with David in Florida. David, you're on Free Talk Live. David? Yes, hi. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, you know, there's just a few things that come to mind. I have three quick points. One thing is, everyone in, I'm 26 years old, and everybody in my age group, and especially even younger than me, they all just, everybody is so blinded, and everyone has their head in the sand, and it just makes me sick. Can you give me an example of what you mean by that? Well, as far as the the things currently going on in today's, as far as the economy and and, uh, government and things of that nature, it just seems like like nobody really has a good grasp on on, on things like as far as what you speak about on your show. And Mm -hmm. and secondly, what what is it going to take for for people to get their head out of the sand? And then once they do... Well, okay, but before you go on, what did it take for you? Or were you always this way? I was just a very observant person, and I knew that there was I, – I don't want to consider myself very cynical, but I do believe that everything that comes out of people's mouths is not always 100% the truth. And um, you have to have a, a little bit of a skepticism to survive and be smart these days, or else they'll pull the wool right over your eyes. So you're and, saying um, you were always open-minded to things, or well, how'd you get from where were you at one time like these people? Um, I was just I was just un- unaware, completely unaware of it. But I didn't. But the thing is, is I never had, I never said no. I was always open to learning about new things. And I think when you have an open mind and you say, all right, well, there se- there seems like there's somebody very reputable. That seems to be, you know, they seem like they know what they're talking about. So I'm going to give them a little, you know, I'm going to pay attention and see what they have to say about this topic. And if they prove to be knowledgeable on the subject, then it improves their credibility in my mind. And there's just not enough people that give intelligent people with good sources enough credibility. And uh, what's it going to take for people to just pay attention? And once they do start paying attention, is it going to be too late at that point to turn this thing around? Good questions. What is it going to take? Well, I think that's going to be an answer that will be different for everybody because everybody has a, a point uh, that they're at in their life uh, as far as their, like you're saying, their open-mindedness, uh, the issues that are important to them. It's very possible that uh, something is just not on their radar at this time. The, the liberty perspective is just not anywhere near what they're currently experiencing. And then out of nowhere, uh, we had this lady call in uh, this weekend. She was run over by a police officer who was drunk. 
uh, and he uh, allegedly drunk, and he runs off from the scene of the crime, and this shocked this woman to the core. You know, she'd probably grown up thinking that the police were were her friends, uh, and then she saw that the thin blue line closed around this guy, and they they protected him. You know, they didn't go and and arrest him until six hours later, so he could sober up. And uh, and she she was shocked, and and now she doesn't trust the police, as, as she said, as far as she can throw them. Any of them is what she said. But you know, for her to come to that conclusion took her entire 60 years and that doesn't even mean that she's necessary necessarily open or ready for the the other ideas of freedom but she's certainly more open than i would say the average person so everybody's somewhere on the continuum of understanding what liberty is and what you're saying is in your peer group most people are not anywhere even close to where you are they're way over with their like a, you know with their heads stuck in the sand uh it's going to take some sort of issue it's going to take something to to essentially, I think, shake them a little bit and, and wake them up. And if you're the type of person that just thinks that there's no bad in anyone, then you are going to be blindsided these days because there's just too many people with completely evil motives, and uh, you, you have to be completely aware of that. Now, I'm sorry, what was the second question? It was uh, question one was what's it going to take, and then question two was uh, what was it? Oh, um, no, I, that's all. I think that's it. Well, there there was a second question. I should have oh, made a yeah, note. Have, this is my. I must have skipped my mind. Yeah. But, um, Any but other either thoughts? way, I love the love the show and appreciate um, people like you and uh, Genesis able to well, hopefully continuing. Obviously, this doesn't get stopped. But I love Genesis I love uh, Communications Network has been around since the uh, the mid 1990s, or if not earlier. Not likely it's going anywhere. They're very pretty established, and uh, if you buy some gold and silver at gold.freetalklive.com, then you'll help Midas stay in business, and uh, all will be well. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, l- just expound a little bit here on on this. Um, Mark, your thoughts, or or Nick, you want to jump know, in on the the question of what is it going what to is take? What is it going to take? I don't know. It's the thing that we've been asking all along. If we knew what. Uh, um, what it was going to take in order to create the uh, the wildfire that is going to sweep liberty across the nation, then we would have done that. I mean, I think that that's that's really that is the the fifty thousand dollar question, isn't it? Um, I don't think I want to make a distinction here first. I don't think that you're going to have most people waking up to this perspective or becoming active for it because I don't think that's ever how any idea or you know, advance in society ever actually takes place. Mm -hmm. I think that most people are just observers. They're followers. They're not going to help set a trend or advance a new idea. They're just going to passively react to whatever, you know, they're just going to live in whatever world they happen to be born into and, you know, whatever world they have to live in. But when are enough people going to wake up? Because it doesn't take that many people. There are, you know, there's a certain subset of people out there who are, willing to look at the world around them and take action to actually change it. And you have to get enough of them on board. And I think you're right, Ian. I think it's going to be individual for everybody. Maybe there will be some major event that will make people wake up, Um, whether it's positive or negative, I don't know. I mean, I think in a very small sense, the Ron Paul campaign brought quite a few extra people into the movement who Definitely wouldn't have been there otherwise. Nice bump, yeah. And it it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be something positive like that either, though. I mean, I think you might see more young people becoming interested in the philosophy of liberty if all of a sudden you did see a mandatory national service program go mm-hmm. through in this country. I mean, if that something like that popped up out of the blue where 
everyday people were feeling a lot more stifled by government, then I think you might see a reaction to that. Absolutely, because for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So there's no doubt about you know the the fact that the more tyrannical government becomes the more likely people are to uh to wake up and and take action to 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 be free in the future and i think that um i think you're right i mean the the history definitely shows that change is is affected by a very dedicated minority of people and i think that's why when we see these changes happening i really firmly believe they're going to happen here in new hampshire because we have those dedicated people who have made the deliberate choice to come together and work together on achieving liberty in their lifetimes, and that's just not happening anywhere else. For all the people that'll post on a forum on the internet and say, you know, to or a comments thread on a an article about the Free State Project, this movement of getting thousands of liberty-loving people together, for all the people that'll comment and say, yeah, it's a great idea. We need to do this in Ohio. Or we need to do this in my state. For all the people that are saying things like that, they're not actually doing it. They're just yep. fantasizing about, man, that's a great idea. They, they're acknowledging that the Free State Project is a brilliant idea, but they're also at the same time acknowledging that they're not quite ready to, to actually do anything about it yet beyond just speculate about how great it would be if the Free State Project was in their well, state. Well, and I think part of that, I mean, that's actually, I think, a good first step for somebody to take because at least they're thinking about the application of that same idea and they they very well might quickly come to the conclusion that well i guess it probably wouldn't work yeah in ohio or wherever they live and they go well, maybe i should move to new hampshire you know what i mean like i think so it, you know it's a process and i think that once somebody starts thinking about the idea of creating their own free state project or just about how wonderful that would be then they're you know they're kind of on a path to being more likely to actually move to the state of new hampshire I think you're right about that. You know, it, uh, I, I just, I, I, you know, the idea that uh, you can do liberty otherwise—it sounds great. I mean, you know, the, we should we should talk to our friends and family and and people that we know about the ideas of liberty, and that will spread it around. Certainly, the internet has made it so, that, and and the Ron Paul movement have made it so the ideas of liberty are certainly have hit a lot more people. And I am for that. At the same time, I don't think it's been enough. I just don't think that that's enough to create whatever it takes. There's been the tea parties. There have been the people coming out to the, the, the town hall meetings, and all those things are great. Um, but I just I, I don't think they're quite enough to uh, to push push it over, and I think that the only thing that is going to cause liberty in my lifetime, and I don't mean liberty for myself because I can have that. You and I, Ian, if you want to look at money as liberty – we were a rising talk show host, uh, uh, you know, talk show in Florida. We were going to be wealthy anyway. We believed in the Free State Project, and so we moved here because it seems like the only solution to us. Hour number three is on the way. Your thoughts about helping people get a clue about what tyranny is going on around them. You're welcome to chime into this conversation or bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, we're doing a radio show. Yeah. And you can bring up anything. That is the point of the program here. Uh, by the way, we did have Allison Gibbs on from the Ladies of Liberty Alliance at the beginning of the program. If you missed that interview, it'll be up later tonight at freetalklive.com. But just want to remind folks that the Ladies of Liberty calendar is available for pre-order. It's the first one ever, and we've seen kind of the uh, the promo copy of it, and it looks great. Highly recommend people head over there. And I, look, I'm not making money off of this. Our ads are in them, so you'll see our advertising. But more importantly, you'll get to support the brand new organization that's out there helping bring more uh, freedom-loving ladies into this movement and helping bring them, uh, you know, helping them become better. Uh, educators and communicators and uh, leaders within this movement. So I'm 100% behind these ladies, and uh, I hope you'll go over and get yourself a copy of this calendar at imlola.org. That's their website, imlola.org. We go to your calls about anything. Corby is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Corby. Hey, how you doing? Uh, um, yesterday you had a caller, I don't remember his name, but he asked one of the best questions to ever ask a politician about you know, prohibition of marijuana was the how many police officers were you allowed to be killed before you admit the war on drugs is a failure? I thought that was a great question. Yeah, it's uh, it was Tom from New Hampshire. He uh, he he's uh, revealed it before, and it is a great question. Would you, I think it's something to the effect of uh, Are you for ending the uh, the war on drugs now, or do you want to wait until uh, you know how many more cops do you want to wait until it uh, yeah. you decide that you're for it or something like that? Of course, he didn't get an, a straight answer, but eh, that's how politicians work, right? Right. Another thing was, you know, Denver, you told me yesterday about the dollar, I think it was yesterday, the dollar, you know, marijuana ticket. And I was just kind of curious if there was any, you know, they should bottle that plan of what they did, how you even got that on the ballot and, you know, the steps to make that replicate across the, you know, the universe. Because I was just, I'd be kind of curious if there was any information out there on how to, how they did it. Because, like, I, here I'm here in Tampa, I kind of, you know, where do you start to even, like, my boss, all I need to see me is out there with a sign saying, you know, in Prohibition today, and, you know, there goes my job. So it's kind of a well, hard thing to... I think it's going to depend on what the different uh, the different rules are for the system in the state. Uh, so Colorado's ballot procedures are probably different from Florida's. So I don't know how useful the uh, any sort of yeah. here's how we did it would be beyond just maybe here's how we... <clears throat> You know, here's how we were successful at promoting the idea. Maybe uh, kind of get their success stories as to how they managed to to gather the public around in su- in support of of what they were doing. I know that down in Florida they do have the ballot initiatives. That's how some of the most well, asinine a, nonsense. Yeah, they're not exactly ballot initiatives. They're actually uh, well, no, they constitutional amendments. Yeah, constitutional amendments. That, uh, but they go on the ballot. They, uh, they essentially you propose. They, okay, you're right, Mark. They don't have a ballot initiative process. But they do have a process to propose an amendment to the, amendment, uh, to the Florida Constitution, yeah. and they put that on the ballot for a vote. And it's how some of the most asinine laws in uh, in Florida, the government programs, yeah, have come uh, about. Do you have to get, like, petitions, or do you, do you know the – I guess the process is probably different, I'm sure, for every locality. But it, it is. Well, like, it'll be – you know, for Florida, it'll be the same across the state, um, right. as I understand it, at least. And I don't know what the requirements are, but yes – you will have to get petitions, and I imagine to get on a state ballot, it's going to be pretty hefty, the amount of petition signatures you're going to have to get. So and unless your signature would be public also. That's the downside. Can what be public? I'm their, sorry. One more time. Their, sig- 
their signature on the petition might be public, and nobody wants to put, you know, yes, I'm for this, even though, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. You'd be surprised. I've, I've actually gathered petition signatures before. Uh, what you'll find when you're doing a petition signature gathering is that people are usually pretty open to the idea. I mean, obviously, there are going to be the old curmudgeons that just don't care. But uh, there are a lot of people are open to the idea of just putting something on the ballot. They sort of support the, the, the concept of the process. And so uh, when I was petitioning, it was to get a candidate, I think, on the ballot. And basically I was essentially approaching people and saying, you know, can't, will you sign this petition to put this libertarian guy on the ballot? And most people certainly want to see as many people on the ballot as possible, even right. if they are not going to vote for him. Exactly, exactly. So they may have – they actually will say things like that to you, like, well, you know – I. I wouldn't vote for this guy, but I believe in the, you know, democracy, et cetera, et cetera. So they'll sign the uh, the petition. It's not a difficult okay. thing to get people to sign petitions. It's a time-consuming thing. It is. Uh, it's not. A, it's 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 simple, but it's not necessarily easy. In that, uh, okay, I guess if I said it's not difficult. A marijuana position, though, a petition is slightly different than a libertarian candidate. If it was ever seen on the website, you know, no telling what would happen to your once you hand them this piece of paper saying you signed this i'm not saying they would ever well i can tell it, you what they'll do they'll do their best to disqualify anything that you hand them uh which is why you have to send them more than the required amount so whatever it is that they end up saying to you more. right a lot more like at least 25 percent more i would say would be a, a safe way to, to go about that um because basically when you're one of the issues is when you're when you're doing petitions you cannot allow the person who is signing the petition to actually fill it out and the reason for that is because they they just can't read. Um, and I'm not saying they actually can't read, but it's kind of like people don't follow instructions. When yeah, they're, when they're not used to when they're when they're, when they're in an unfamiliar area doing an unfamiliar thing, they're just not going to be very good at it. Uh, that's Sorry a, to say, that's a great way to put it uh, because these people may be very very competent at what they do for a living, but yeah. when it comes to filling but they out, they can't find the restroom in a place that has the restroom in neon letters absolutely. three feet above the, the door. I've and, been guilty of this too myself. Sure, me like, too. I, I, I kind of poked fun at the customers when I worked at uh, at the Big K uh, when I was a teen for not being able to find the restroom and, and that sort of thing, because was the number one question I was asked. But there have been a few times when I, I have been in that same kind of clueless customer role. And so basically, you have to treat the, uh, the signer of your petition as the clueless customer, and basically you have to hold their hand through it. What's your name? You write it in. What's your you know address? You write it in. Uh, and whatever it is the, the petition form is calling for, and state by state it's going to be different. So I think it's valuable that we're having this conversation just about the process of petitioning and, and how you, know, you really have to be cautious with it. So you go over all the information. You make sure you've got it right. Then you have them sign it. That's the, the, only, that's the only part they need to do is actually sign the that petition. That's true. You do not give it to them to, uh, to send in. Dear God, it's too valuable. Why would you give it to them? Right. You, uh, you right. handle that. You take care of as much of it as you possibly can. So then the issue really becomes, well, uh, how many petitions do they need and how possible is it to, uh, to acquire these things? I mean, there are certain places you can go that are, you know, you're likely to get people to sign things. I went to a flea market. When I was doing some uh, petitioning, the yep. you know the table cost eleven bucks for fairs uh, are also a good place. Post to go. offices fairs. can be good as long as you don't get kicked out of them. County, yep, county fair is a great idea, uh, Nick. So wherever people are at, wherever they're looking to, uh, wherever people are and they're spending time, uh, that's a that's usually a good opportunity to get them to spend a little bit of time on you and and go through the the petition process. But there's a reason. Get out of jail what, line where people get out of jail, stand there when they get out, and will you sign this? <laughs> 
uh, if if people have the right to vote in your state after they get That's out of jail. True. That's true. Do they do that? Okay, in, well, thanks uh, for the call. It depends oh, on that. I've got a little. I've got a few more ideas. You're welcome to stay on the line and listen to them here um, about the uh, the process of petitioning. And there's a reason why they have something called paid petitioners is because it's pretty difficult to find people who are willing to spend the time to go out there and get these petitions. I mean, even if you're even if you have a nonstop flow of people coming by you and people are stopping every you know once you you've got somebody in front of you you're filling out the petition form with them and you move them along and there's someone else right there and you know to, ready. To to fill out the next one, there's only so many people you can get through in a certain period of time. Sure. If you're holding hands with uh, with these people, and you have and to hold you their have hands. to hold their hands because if you don't fill out the petition form correctly and you don't fill it out with the correct information, they'll disqualify it as fast as they possibly can they because will, they want more laws, not fewer. They want to disqualify as many of your petitions as they possibly can for whatever reason they can. So you're you're very limited to the amount of uh, petitions that you can actually get in a day's work. So it's it can be a grueling process if you're out in the you know the hot sun or in the cold or whatever. Uh, it is not necessarily uh, going to be an easy task. And and they, you know hey this is the system right? It's not easy to get these uh, these people to change. And then you know once you finally get the petitions uh, gathered together, however many hundreds of thousands or dozens of thousands or whatever that uh, that they are requiring then you actually have to win the the election and that's a whole other step good luck out there yes. thanks for the call it's not easy toll free number 800-259-9231 that is the SACL CAI toll free line maybe you've had some experience doing petitioning you want to uh, add in yours to this conversation we'd love to hear from you 800-259-9231 or bring up anything it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to, t- uh, to bring up anything is 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. A lot of features are available, and they are totally free, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam, all free at Listen. .freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Uh, we are going to get to the story here, as, as promised, about the Associated, about, rather, not the Associated Press, from the Associated Press, but about Kansas and how they're going to start running casinos. Actually, apparently they've been doing this. The story is uh, from Topeka, where in Kansas, Cary Nation battled booze by smashing up saloons. The state school board once approved science guidelines questioning evolution and anti-abortion leaders have made their stiffest stands, all burnishing the state's conservative credentials. Now Kansas is posed for an unlikely distinction. It's about to get into the casino business, not merely by blessing, gambling, and taxing the profits, but by becoming the legal owner of the casinos themselves. Kansas is believed to be the only state with such an arrangement. Now, it already has four Indian casinos... But it's first non-tribal one, and I didn't realize the state was running the Indian casinos. Does it make any sense? 
shouldn't the Indians be running the Indian casino? I'd, maybe someone in Kansas can better explain how things work there, but uh, maybe the Indians are Poorly. running the casino, but the state is the operator or the owner. But its first non-tribal casino is set to open in December in Dodge City, the former cow town and setting of television's Gunsmoke. It's all because the state, known for its conservative history and vibrant right wing within its dominant Republican Party, needs the money. Lawmakers in recent months have slashed money for schools and other state services, and the current state budget relies on $50 million in casino licensing fees to remain balanced. It's terribly ironic and disappointingly so. I never dreamed that Kansas would be first to try this experiment, said House Speaker Mike O'Neill, a Hutchinson Republican who fought unsuccessfully to block the 2007 law authorizing the new casinos and slot machines at racetracks. Developers will build the casinos, install slot machines, set up, set up tables, manage dealers, all under contract with the state lottery. They pay upfront privilege fees, $5.5 million for Dodge City and $25 million each for casinos also planned in the Kansas City and Wichita areas. State will own the games and control software determining who wins and may overrule management decisions. Contracts spell out how the revenues are State controls are the game. And state will own the games. The state will own the building. They are... And they'll decide who wins and being able to overrule management? Ooh, what does that right. mean? I don't know. It's just power. Control. It's a casino. They decide who wins? Shouldn't oh, chance the... decide who wins? Randomization? I don't, I don't know what that means, Mark. I'm just telling you that uh, this is it's a pretty disturbing story here. Because normally when you hear a story about the state restricting gambling, they trot out all these excuses about how, well, you know, gambling, uh, there's ad- these addicts and uh, gambling is a bad thing. And we need to make sure that uh, people stay responsible here with their gambling. So that's why we can't allow gambling. But then in some states, it's it's okay to allow gambling as long as they're making money from the casinos. Now they're taking it to the next level, and the state's actually operating the, the very operation that in many places they would claim is something that uh, gets people hooked, gets people addicted, and well, uh, is a bad, bad thing. They, they operate uh, lotteries all over the place. So, I mean, there's nothing sure unusual there. Um, I think that they'll find that uh, bricks and mortar is a little more difficult to handle than, uh, you know, running the numbers game. But Oh, that's okay, Mark. They'll just, you know, if the, if the casino loses money... Like they'll just the, subsidize it. Right. Can you imagine this, the state running a casino that is actually losing money? Yes. I guess it is possible, right, uh, sure. to, to, to do that. But I can casino, uh, a casino losing money. I could see how a casino could lose money in Vegas where there are casinos competing for the casino business. Yeah. But in, uh, in Kansas, not going to be another casino anywhere nearby. And the other casinos would be run by the state. So this I've should be a real here debacle. In New, here in New Hampshire, where they run the, uh, the the state runs the liquor stores, that there's actually a level of subsidization, subsidization that goes on in running the liquor Get stores. Get out of here, really? I, that's, that's, they say that it's a money-losing proposition. Amazing. So, yeah, I mean, if, they, if you can move, lose money on booze... You can lose it in a casino. You can lose it in a casino. Because there's still competition to the casino. Because people can still say, screw this... They're messing with the numbers. I don't, you know, I don't like my chances of winning. The lights go out on a regular basis. Uh, the, the service stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, the cocktail waitress, waitresses are ugly. Whatever it is that they want to say, I can go to Biloxi. I can go to Vegas. I can go to Atlantic City. I can go to uh, Florida and go on a cruise. I can go anywhere and I can dump my money. I don't need to do it in this crap hole. So there's still competition. 
It's just farther removed. And that's all a state can do. The whole ownership thing, said a University of Kansas political scientist, always struck me a little bit squarely. You can imagine Louisiana owning the casinos or New Jersey, but Kansas? Well, why? Why would one uh, state bureaucracy be more likely to uh, own a casino than another? Well, I think what you're saying there is that supposedly Kansas is a conservative state, so the idea being that they'd be less likely to try to have the state directly run some kind of enterprise. But obviously it's not very true. Voters imposed prohibition in 1880 in Kansas and kept it for nearly 70 years, well after the federal government repealed it. Afterward, the state constitution conservative state. <laughs> continued to condemn the open saloon. The state school board went back and forth on evolution during the past decade, rewriting science standards four times and making Kansas the target of international ridicule. The state has been at the center of the national debate over abortion as well. All of it would appear to make a turn toward gambling unlikely, save for the state's troubled finances. The American Gaming Association says the U.S. already has 179 commercial and 420 tribal casinos outside of Nevada, as well as 700 card rooms and 44 racetracks with slot machines. That's a lot of cas- a lot of casinos. Where all the a- where are all the addicts and the the treatment clinics for them? I mean, I'm sure they exist, but clearly it's not an epidemic. David Schwartz, director for the Center of Gaming Research at the University of Nevada, notes other seemingly conservative states are awash in games of chance, like Iowa, for example. When revenue's a consideration, old-fashioned morality sometimes goes out the window, according to him. Twelve other states have non-tribal casinos, and a dozen have racetracks with slots. So, uh, you know, the, the, the state's partnership with gaming is, uh, is an old one. It's, it's gone back a, a long ways. It's just Nothing unusual there. Kansas is blazing a new trail here in the actual state ownership. Now, not state operation necessarily in that they're hiring someone to operate it. So it's kind of like a charter casino, isn't it? I mean, isn't that basically how a charter school works? Yeah. Where the state kind of sets up the school and then they bring in a management company to essentially operate the school? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much how it works. And the states, I doubt there's going to be bureaucrats involved in the day-to-day operation of the casino. I'm sure there will be a nice big bureaucracy that they'll have operating somewhere, pushing pencils around. But, I'm sure, but they're probably but not, not going to be serving drinks in the yeah. casino and fixing slot machines. That will be done by contractors, but it will be owned by the state. So is that socialism? I would call, yes, that's yes. socialism state's for state's ownership casinos. of the means of production. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And what does a gambling casino produce? Fun? At entertainment? Yeah. All right, more on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include the archives. If you've missed a moment, just click download. They're yours. Front page of the site, freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. 
freedomsphoenix.com offers the up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. Let's freedomsphoenix.com. Go to your, let's go to your phone calls. Jack, listening to WVTS in Charleston, West Virginia. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Jack? Well, I was uh, wanting to talk about the health care debate. Okay. And uh, it seems to me that there's a little-known fact about Social Security and Medicare, which is what they are basing their government-controlled health care on. And what is that little-known fact? During the Reagan administration, the Social Security Fund, which was a trust fund, and the Medicare Fund, which was a trust fund, was raided by the Reagan administration with IOUs to pay off government debts. And That's they've been doing it ever since, right? Financial trouble. We've been do- they've been doing it ever since though, right? That's right. And I was wanting to know which people think is better, a socialized alternative We have choices in this country. They can choose to go to a capitalist uh, insurance company and pay whatever they charge or have a socialist controlled by the government, if that's what they're calling it, a health care system which lowers the prices. What you've what you've presented is a false choice, and uh, and I accept neither of your options. Uh, what you're presenting is it's either going to be the way it is now, or it's going to be the way it is as proposed. The uh, the right. socialized. I'm system. for health care reform. I just am not for Obama's health care reform. Uh, and also, it's not necessarily true that the government's going to lower any prices. In point of fact, uh, history of looking at the way government operates shows that. Well, when you put a centralized bureaucracy in control of setting prices, you get prices that are in no way uh, concomitant to, to what the marketplace would actually provide. Some may be set arbitrarily low, some may be set arbitrarily high. Who knows how they'll end up setting them? But the fact is, in order to uh, to cover whatever costs aren't being covered by the prices they're setting, they have to charge taxes in order to uh, to cover the difference, and they'll, they'll have to subsidize the program. So, you know, even if you're seeing a lower price when you're actually doing something with this government program, whatever it ends up being, even if you're seeing a lower price, it's just an illusion because it's it's been subsidized. Uh, in the same way that the the gasoline in this country is so much cheaper uh, in this country than it is in other places, in, a, in many in in at least one way because it's being subsidized. You know that the gas prices here are essentially being subsidized by the, uh, the the U.S. military that is working on behalf of the the oil company. So I don't accept your uh, your options. I would prefer, as Mark calls it, the impossible solution, which is a you know there's a, a slight possibility this could happen, but well, you know, not very slight. The impossible security. solution. The, hold on, let me explain it to you. The impossible solution is to get the government the hell out of uh, health care entirely and allow the marketplace to provide various different options, whether that be insurance or whether it be um, mutual aid societies or however it would end up uh, working, whatever different options would be out there. Well, Social Security and Medicare was in a trust fund which invested in the stock market. I used to be a libertarian. 
I believed in free enterprise, laissez-faire liberalism. Now this is a but rarity. It is not practiced by capitalism today. Oh, I absolutely agree, but that doesn't have anything to do with you being a libertarian or not. Yeah, so if you were I mean, a liberal businesses businesses today don't um you know they they use the government in order to prevent people from being able to enter the into the marketplace and compete. I'm curious. Uh, it's very rare that you meet somebody who claims to have once been a libertarian, but no longer in that they've gone back toward the the realm of statism. I mean, I was formerly a libertarian as well, but now I consider myself a voluntarist, which is essentially a restatement of what I originally considered libertarian to mean. So I really haven't left the, the, that camp. Uh, but you're saying you no longer believe that uh, – as a libertarian, I swore that I would not initiate force or support the initiation of force to uh, or aggression – uh, to support my beliefs and my goals uh, for society, you're saying you do now embrace the uh, the use of force, sir? No, I totally disagree with the use of force. Ah, okay. But however, libertarian is libertarianism is not uh, advancing anything in that direction. It's all gone haywire. I agree Just with that. Like every other political. Uh, entity in this country. No, I, t- I completely agree with you there. The Libertarian Party uh, has way lost its uh, its direction. It is no longer the party of principle, and that's why I publicly resigned uh, from it last year after having a, I had a lifetime membership, and I, I had to you know I called them and, and canceled my lifetime membership. Uh, so I completely agree with you from a political perspective. As a political party, the Libertarian Party is next to useless. It still probably brings some people to some ideas of freedom, but certainly not principled ideas of freedom, and I think that's problematic. But the Libertarian movement, the pro-liberty movement, is much larger than the Libertarian Party, and the Liberty Movement is alive and well thanks to principled people like you know, Ron Paul, who's pretty darn a pretty darn principled politician. Thanks to uh, people like John Stossel, Penn and Teller, who are getting out there into mainstream media and they're getting pro freedom ideas uh, put out there. Thanks to people like Nick and Toby from FreeMinds. Media.com and uh, us here on, on Free Talk Live, the various different liberty-oriented media that's out there helping spread the ideas of freedom. There's a lot of life left in the uh, the liberty movement, and I would say it's healthier now than it's ever been. Just because the Libertarian Party is sick, just because they're ill and they're corrupted and they're, they're crap, uh, doesn't really say anything about the rest of the movement. Your thoughts, Jack? Well, I agree with what you are saying, however, these people are not backed by corporations who are, in fact, the oligarchy that controls this country. Who are these people? When you say these people are not backed, who do you refer to? People like Ron Paul, people who have principles. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree. Um, and so how does that mean that the state, uh, that the government will run an efficient and useful health care system? When they make it illegal for corporations to have anything to do with government. Yeah, but, but <laughs> when is that going to happen? <laughs> That'll never happen. You're right, right about that. True. So, well, that's, so we, we all want an impossible solution. The, real, the reason why that can't happen is because corporations are inherently a government creation. 
Uh, corporations exist because uh, the government is out there, and it's granting corporations to people. So it's inherently uh, mixed together. There's no way that you can separate the two. The only way to to do what you're suggesting would be to eliminate the state, would be to eliminate uh, the coercive apparatus that we know of as government, uh, remove it from its monopoly, coercive monopoly status, and then allow these businesses to do business, not as corporations, but as human beings running a business fully liable for the actions that the, that they take. Thank you for the call tonight. Well, I appreciate well, it. Yes, sir? If you're still there, you can keep going. Corporations, big businesses, make it impossible for the little guy to do any business. Well, they, Through they, the government. Well, right. They team right. up they with don't the make it impo- It's not impossible to compete against Walmart. It's impossible to compete against Walmart on Walmart's terms, which is, um, you know, that the, the government controls what the import-export rates are, that the, the government controls who gets an occupational license, the government controls, uh, you know, the, the property taxes on which you have to pay, the landlord has to pay, um, the, the landlord has to pay that you have to pay in rent and all those other things. They make it impossible. Thanks for the call tonight, Jack. Appreciate hearing from you and the conversation. 800-259-9231. Cash for Clunkers update coming up in your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call if you make it right now. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. We were talking about the Ladies of Liberty calendar at the beginning of the show tonight. You can go to iamlola.org to order your copy, and you'll see the Free Talk Live advertisement on the December page of the the calendar december 2010 uh and you'll see that it's it's featuring the shrine of female listeners but what's important to know about that is that advertisement was paid for by the free talk live amp program you know if we didn't have the free talk live amp program with this uh wonderful these hundreds of wonderful listeners contributing as little as three bucks a month i wouldn't be able to afford to buy advertising uh like that i wouldn't be able to uh just i don't make a whole lot of money necessarily outside of uh, as, as far as doing radio, it's just not a really big dollar business. It's it's not as glamorous as, as people seem to think that it is. I yeah, wish it so was, but you know, it's just not that way. So thanks to the Free Talk Live amplifiers for paying for the uh, the advertisement in the Lola calendar. Again, uh, you can go to iamlola.org to order yourself a copy. Let's continue here and go to amp.freetalklive.com and for as little as three bucks a month you get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines like Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gene. Hi, guys. I just got through talking with uh, three really cool guys for a little bit. Okay. The uh, Motorhome Diaries were in was in Memphis, Tennessee. Well, they're still here. Oh, way cool. And, uh, yeah, so I got to meet up with those guys at Jason's Deli, and we talked for a little bit. There was a big crowd of good people there. Took some pictures and some video, and I got to sign the roof of their motorhome. And, huh. and it's pretty cool. They got that thing set up pretty nice. Yeah, and, they uh, A nice bunch of guys. Everybody, uh, if there's people in this area, I won't be able to do it, but uh, they're going to be uh, having their trial, I guess, in on the 10th. Of the September? Yeah, that's like that. down in Mississippi. Uh, Jack, wait, what was it? Jones County, Mississippi, is where their trial is. They were arrested. Oh, Mississippi. 
What's that? It's it's in Podunk, Mississippi. Correct, uh, Jones County, which is actually ironically <laughs> called the uh, the free state of Jones. And so they were driving through Jones County on their journey, which they're driving all around uh, the country, basically getting together with liberty-oriented people like yourself, Gene, and and enjoying uh, camaraderie and talking, socializing, planning, doing all kinds of uh, fun stuff. And as they were driving through Jones County, they were pulled over because, you know, they're driving a big motorhome and they're young people and cops like to harass young people. So they figured the cops probably were thinking they'd stumbled onto a bunch of guys with a bunch of pots somewhere stashed or some sort of drug, you know, some kind of drug uh, couriers, basically. And uh, so they stopped them and they arrested them for a bunch of nonsense, just a bunch of trumped up crap, uh, because basically they pulled out a video camera and had started recording the police. And they didn't like the police didn't like that very much, took him into a jail cell. And then the activists got really the activists really got on the ball and sent down sent down money. We as as I mentioned earlier, we had Allison Gibbs on from the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, and she was kind of the the uh, the point man, if you will, or the point woman. And she kind of came down there. She made a point of flying down there so she could collect this money together that was coming from people and and bail the guys out of jail. They are now indeed facing a trial, and so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out at MotorhomeDiaries.com. I'm sure they'll keep the site up to date, and I'm sure they'll be letting us know because we hear from them from time to time as they're uh, on and about their travels, and it's been an interesting experience so far, especially when they've tried to cross the border, which has not been very successful for them. So, Gene, you got to meet them tonight. uh, Yes, and I was going to say that uh, if there's any people that live down in this area that have the time and can drive five hours, I I can't do it, but uh, I wish I could. You could go down and uh, and give them some moral support during their trial phase, and I, I think that would be a very interesting thing to uh, participate in. And, Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you could get a bunch of people who wouldn't stand up when the judge came in the room and just really rile them up down there. But, yeah, they would uh, not. Yeah, they they not, certainly are not used to that anywhere else, but here in Keene, New Hampshire, people uh, not standing for for judges, and I think it should happen more often in other places because they aren't better than you. They're just a man. They're just men in robes. That's all they are. Yeah. So it was, we had some fun. I took. Uh, I got a picture of my Ron Paul mobile next to their uh, motorhome diary, and uh, also uh, I wore my V outfit. So we got some pictures with uh, <laughs> with V. With V and Motorhome Diary crew, it's, awesome. It's pretty good. Your your vehicle still but, decked out with the Ron Paul uh, paraphernalia? Oh, I'm adding more stuff to it now. I got Ron Paul was right on the side of it, and uh, so uh, I, I got finally rid of the uh, you know I finally pulled I the, Ron the Ron Paul bumper Paul sticker off my car. You, yeah, well, I you, got rid of the Ron Paul 2008, but I yeah. but I added some other stuff. Yep. Gene, thanks for calling in tonight. Any other thoughts on your mind? Oh, that's all. I just wanted to uh, update people on the Motorhome Diaries. All right. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thanks for the call. Those guys uh, love the Motorhome Diaries guys. They're out there doing some really great work, and uh, they're bringing people together. I think that's one of the most important things that uh, that they've been doing is they've been giving people an excuse to uh, to get together and, and socialize. Maybe they were already doing that where uh, where they were anyway, but... Giving them the uh, giving new people the excuse to come out and and meet other new people, I think is is a good idea because you can't just meet 
the right people by going to the same meeting. And what I mean by that is if you're going to the Libertarian Party meeting, you know, you're going to meet the same five or ten people over and over again. Yeah. If you're going to the Ron Paul meetup groups, you're going to basically be encountering the same crew. But if Motorhome Diaries comes through, they might be pulling people from the Libertarian Party. They might be pulling people from the Ron Paul meetup group. They might be pulling people like Gene who wouldn't go to either one of those sorts of events who would just be just kind of uh, liberty-oriented people waiting for the opportunity to do something exciting, bring those people together. And and when you bring like-minded, liberty-oriented people together, the ideas start flying. And, uh, brain, you know, you, you're brainstorming and... Things will happen that otherwise would not have occurred. So I think it's I think it's a real positive thing. And and they're highlighting as they're going around the country, they're highlighting different uh, activism that's happening around the country, kind of inside a lot of the inside the system things. They've made various different videos of their interviews of these different activists and, and what they're doing. And it's been a real look inside the liberty movement from a from a traveler's perspective. And it's great. Motorhomediaries.com. Can't recommend it highly enough. So a uh, quick story here. An update on the Cash for Clunkers program. As you know, of course, the uh, the federal government has been offering people thousands of dollars credit on the purchase of a brand new vehicle if they bring in their so-called clunker, which is something that's, you know, kind of on the way out or worth less than $3,000, basically. And the, the program has been... Well, a success in that a lot of people decided to go ahead and take advantage of it, but a failure in the fact that it was operated by the government, uh, and so inevitably everything that the government does has to fail. Uh, it certainly does not meet its goals, and that's what happened here. It went way over budget. They had to extend it, double the budget or whatever. and, and it's, Vote more money in. Yeah, uh, but that's not where the, the botching of it ends. Chicago's CBS News reports... $2.878 billion, that's how much money the government owes car dealers for the Cash for Clunkers program. Where's that money come from, that $2.8 billion? Out of people's pockets. That's right, you and I. So we're subsidizing the car companies at this point and these uh, new car buyers. More than $200 million of that is owed to dealers in Illinois and Indiana, which is where the story's from. So CBS 2's Mel Martinez, or May Martinez, checked in with them and uh, to see how much they've collected from Uncle Sam. Now that the popular program has ended, many dealerships are asking the federal government to show me the money. According to uh, the Hyundai dealer in Edelson, out of 142 deals they owe us for, we've gotten paid on. Go ahead. Uh, zero. 142. 142. Zero. Seven. Okay. <laughs> uh, Carm Scarpace from Westfield Ford says, we've had 102 cash for clunkers. We've been paid for... Come on. Zero. One. Okay, great. <laughs> With each cash for clunkers deal worth between $3,500 and $4,500, many dealerships are anxiously awaiting their government payday. Some, like Advantage Chevrolet, which sold cars up to the last minute, have more than half a million dollars on the line. The dealer there says his dealership sold 142 cars under the program. So far, the dealership's only been paid 68000 of $568,000 that they are owed for about 17 of the 142 deals, which means Uncle Sam still owes them about $500,000. He says it's not crippling, but it definitely affects the cash flow on a regular basis. He says there's dealership can handle the cash crunch, but others may not be as lucky, especially if they didn't follow the government's strict guidelines for the programs. It says we know of one dealer that sold 40 cars under the Cash for Clunkers program, and out of those 40 cars, he's expecting to get paid on eight. 
You're nervous when the money's out there, but you've got to believe in the government, he said. It should come back to us, <laughs> but what are you going to do if it doesn't? Yeah, I feel so bad for these uh, these car dealerships and their, you know how slow their welfare money's coming to them. Well, they thought they could trust the state, and that's what you get when you do a deal with the, you know, the devil, basically. It's Benny in here with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. See you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.